This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Let's turn in our Bibles over to, uh, uh, you can hold place in Ephesians and 1 Peter, and we'll reference some scriptures there. I want to teach on, this is uh, part three of a four-part series, so there'll be one more after uh, that, and it's about uh, foundations for our life and cornerstones for our life. There are four corners the four cornerstones, major cornerstones for us uh, to build a solid and a strong and a secure life and to have the life that God wants for us. Uh, I'm going to reiterate this again. This is a foundational year. It's the first year of a new 50-year cycle of life. God did life's, uh He outlines that in the scriptures uh, as uh, uh, in 50-year cycles. And they broke those down into, into uh, seven-year cycles. I know some of you are saying, well, you know, that doesn't pertain to us today. Well, let me reference back in Genesis then. If that's all passed away, why do we still have a week? If we still have the week, we should still have the years. Amen. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching good. I'm about decided I'm going to have to preach myself happy anyhow. But... Uh, Let's do this real quick, shall we? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that we have complete and total authority over the spirit of religion and the spirit of poverty. And we declare that we will not be poor but rich in the things of God because we will not be religious with the things of God. We want a reality. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, as in Jesus' day, sometimes it is in our day, people that he was preaching to, the prevailing uh, mindset and attitude and therefore actions, uh, they were religious. And they thought they had a reality of God, but he was the reality of God. And when he came, he said, you are so diligently searching the scriptures. And he said, you made a religion out of it. But in reality, he goes, all those scriptures were about a relationship with me. And here we are. Is I'm the ultimate reality. And you're, you're hanging to your religious ideas. Amen. So uh, that's the world that we live in. You know, uh, I came from the north. And it's a different kind of religion uh, up there. Uh, and you would probably say the South is more religious. Talking about from a secular side, natural side, saying that the South is more religious than the uh, than the North, as far as culturally is concerned. Uh, but I found that in the South, to a large degree, uh, you know, uh, familiarity kind of breeds contempt in the standpoint that. You know, um, there's not much more reality than there is other places if it's just a religious thing, whether it's more or less. Uh, they're less religious in certain places or more religious, in, it's still religious, all right? And religion, you can't cling to your religion, our religion, and have the reality. Amen. Amen. You have to have one or the other. Yes. Amen. Well... You know, uh, it's, it's like the dust that's on the road that, you know, you, uh, it gets everywhere, but doesn't mean that you have to just let it keep accumulating, you know. You got to get, you got to clean up and get rid of it. Amen. Thank God for the water of the Word. Amen. Thank God for the work of the Holy Ghost. Amen. He's been sent to help us. And uh, I want his help. How about you? All right. Uh, So, anyway, uh, here we are at the beginning. And 
We have a unique opportunity, as Pastor Sandy said, to start fresh and to begin again and to build better. Now, I want to qualify this uh, to some degree. You know, the Bible says that, that, uh, um, that a wise man can begin to build a house and a fool can come along and tear it down. You know, we're not going to be remembered. Uh, we're not remembered sometimes for our wisdom if we follow that with foolishness. Now, it's, it's wise to begin and to build. It's foolish to come back and to tear down everything you've built and have to start over and start over and start over and start over and start over. Amen. I'm all for new beginnings, but I don't want a new beginning every day. I want to build something to live in. I don't want to go back over the same elementary fundamental things. There's some things that need to be there and they stay there. You know, Joan Roger built a, a lovely home out in uh, Hackneyville. Amen. Uh, and, uh, you know, but, and they laid the uh, foundation and set the, you know, there's the corners that were set with the block and the, you know, and then the brick or anything like that. Well, you know, it'd be pretty silly for Roger to be out there every other week jacking that thing up and putting new bricks in there, taking old ones out and putting the new ones in. You'd say, what's wrong with you? Just live in the house. It's good. Why are you out messing with the corners all the time? Amen. Are you listening? If you, it wise, you put it in place, then you live on it. You build upon that. Foolish is you go out and mess with it. Well, I just didn't like the way it looked. And I walked over in that corner of the house, it didn't feel right. <laughs> so I went out there, you know, fiddling around and messing around. And I'll tell you, we're, we're prone to this, you understand. I'm the only one here today, but I understand. Thank you, Lord. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Or you'll find religion. I mean, you know, folks got to get, they got to they get born again. Then they got to rededicate their life for the rest of their life. Every Sunday, we've got to rededicate. Are you listening? And we find ourselves repenting for the same things we've been doing. I want out. I want out of the old and into the new. And the new really be new because the old is gone. Amen. Are you listening? Now, just tell your neighbor, say, I know he's not talking about you. But honestly, I found myself repeating. I don't want to repeat. I want to redo. I want to redo. And I don't want to redo anymore after that. I don't want to repeat my redos. That was weak. Say, I don't want to repeat my redos. I mean, let's get some stuff in place and it begin to work for us. Amen. So at time this year also, the seven thunders of this year, it's on the podcast. You should go and listen to that every once in a while just so you keep on track. Now here's the here's the other thing, all right? Is that is that is that we have to we have to trust in the Lord that his ways uh and church is one of those ways. Amen. Uh are uh, are right and they are true. And we also have to believe His prophets or that word quickened by the Spirit of God. All right? A prophetic word. But this is what's next. This is what's next. Amen? That's what those seven thunders are. This is what's next. Amen? And this year is a multiplied year because before it used to be just one thing. Or maybe two. This year it's seven. So you need to pay extra attention where that is concerned. It says, believe that prophetic word, this is what's next, because you'll prosper. Uh, that's a prospering word for our lives. Amen. All right, so faith foundations uh, were, were opportunity to build better faith foundations. And faith is the foundation for our life. Where does faith come from? Hearing the word of God. Not just hearing it one time, but hearing it constantly. All right? A perpetual, that's one of the words for this year, perpetual, unceasingly. Amen. Without an end. Um, But also, the word doesn't profit us if we don't mix a doing, an application into our life of the word of God. We hear it so we can apply it. Then it works. 
I said, then it works for us. We're blessed by what we hear, but we're blessed. Are you listening? The blessing is released to us uh, what was promised when we apply that, when we do the Word of God. God tells us something so we can do it. You know, even Pastor Sandy, you know, uh, she's not my mom. Every once in a while I have to tell her, I got one mama and I got one wife. And she'll go, just do like I tell you and everything will go well for you. She told me she was going to buy me a sawmill. It's expensive. And she goes, and, and she goes, and you'll wear pink shoes. I said, I ain't wearing no pink shoes now. I ain't going to wear no pink shoes. She goes, think about it. I'm going to buy you a sawmill. I said, well, well, well I might think about that now because I want that sawmill. Amen. I'll tell you the prize is greater than my pride. I don't like pink shoes, but I like that sawmill. And uh, so, huh? Whatever. I said pink, but I know you. Yeah, we were in the store one time. There's this older lady there. And Sandy goes, look at these shoes. They were blue. I said, I ain't going to wear no blue shoes. That lady laughed. I said, I said, that's why I don't go shopping with her. I said, because she going to pick out some crazy thing like that. She just laughed. She's an older lady. Amen. Praise the Lord. I had an advocate anyway. But, you know, yellow jackets and, you know, that kind of stuff like that. She goes, I said, a man don't wear so. She goes, well, was Jock, you know, Lawyer Josh, she goes, was he a man? I said, yeah, but he could do that. See, I'm just not me, man. But anyway, she's dangling the prize in front of me, and God's dealing with my pride. So I said, so I followed up, and I said, well, maybe, you know, what are we talking about here one time? She goes, oh, no, for the rest of your life, I will pick your clothes, and you will wear them, and you will be happy. And you will shut up because you got the sawmill. I go, whoa, now I'll have to think a while about that now. The rest of my life, she goes, yeah, till Jesus comes. Who, Lord, I love it. God knows what I'd have to wear. Amen. But I'm giving it careful consideration and consternation. Amen. Praise God. Uh, why did you say all that? Because God just wants us to do what he tells us to do. He expects us to do, and his follow-up in that is that at times, you know, just like Pastor Sandy, if I didn't do it, come along, it's undone. She says, why didn't you do what I told you to do? Amen. All right. So God expects to be believed, and God expects to be obeyed. God expects us to listen and to hear and to apply what it is that he says. Amen. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house right now you know sometimes he's not a goosey bump sometimes uh he's not a run in the shout sometimes he just comes and presses down weighty on top of saying you need to listen to what i'm saying because it's true amen now uh and the foundation is the base we're laying foundations, faith foundations for the future of what we're living. And foundation is the base on which something rests. The fundamental principle on which something is founded and focused. The scriptures refer to our lives individually and corporately in terms of a house. You'll see this numerous times in the scriptures. And a house must have a right and a strong and a secure foundation to ensure that it endures. That it lasts beyond uh, even our own lifetimes, but for generations. Uh, I, learned, I believe this. I, I sense this, and I've come to realize this and have evidence of this, uh, that, uh, that what I do, what I, what I do in my life directly affects my children, my grandchildren. The Bible says even I can believe to a thousand generations that my obedience to God will cause the blessing to be afforded to them. What they do with that opportunity is their business. But I want to be a, a channel. I want to be an avenue. I want to be a doorkeeper for the blessing of God, realizing it's not just about me, uh, but it's about my future. Amen. And about the generations of the future. Praise God. I thank God that I had a grandmother... I still, some of my earliest recommend, uh, recollections of her prayers over my life. I don't remember what she prayed. But I remember she prayed. Amen. I remember 
my folks bringing me to church. I was brought up in church until about the fifth grade. But I have, uh, I remember being taken to church. I remember most of my memories were of, they had a clock on the wall and I used to watch it. And before I knew how to tell time, I knew when both hands were together, we were going home. <laughs> Amen. You'll notice we don't have a clock in this place and probably when both hands are together, you won't go home. But anyway, no, we're going to work real hard. All right. The foundation is the most important part it, it, because everything else is built upon and rests upon and is based upon the foundation. And it's the most important part of the foundation are the, are the cornerstones. The cornerstone is the stone that uh, forms part of the corner of a building, especially a foundation stone. Many times of this kind was often inscribed and laid at, ceremoniously laid at the base uh, and that, that was, it, was, uh, it was that which marks the beginning of the building process. They lay first the cornerstone. It is the most basic and most important part, the essential part of the foundation. Now, Matthew, Mark, Luke, Paul, and Peter all refer uh, to Jesus. Jesus referred to himself in the Gospels. and It's recorded by Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And then Paul again referenced those same scriptures. Uh, and Peter uh, of Jesus being the chief cornerstone. Let's turn over to Ephesians 2. Um, and we'll look at... I want to read some scriptures to you out of the Message Bible. Now, contrary to... Uh, some ways and some attitude toward uh, how church is done. Um, God's people, we 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 need to be taught. You know, when you have a when you have a newborn baby, you know they'll have. Uh, is a usually the family come over. There's a great celebration, and we mark birthdays with celebrations and all of that. You know. Uh, uh, but the most important thing uh, for that child is that child has the opportunity to be trained properly and to grow, to mature, and to become that person that's, that's there all along, but the potential has to be uh, unlocked and released, discovered. Amen? It's the same thing with, God's, uh, with, with us as God's people. We're born as newborn babies uh, into the kingdom of God, but then the most important thing isn't just the celebration of the new birth, of being, uh, of being born again. Then we must grow up. And the Bible says, in all things, in the Lord. We must grow up. Amen? No one would celebrate a 21-year-old that's still in diapers and sucking on a bottle and has, has to have a cupcake and, they, and their favorite, you know, the, the meal is spaghetti and they're sitting in a big high chair and they got spaghetti all over them. Are you listening? You wouldn't celebrate that because you say something's wrong. That, that, that person never, never developed, never grew, never think. Yeah. It's just a religious thing when, when you know, when we love preaching and we abhor you know, and we, and we neglect and we skip out on the teaching. Because the teaching is what helps us to grow more than the preaching. We love the birthday party, but you can, like I said, if you don't grow in between that, you could be a 21-year-old, one-year-old. 21 birthdays down the road with all the cake and cream, ice cream and all the folks and all the celebration, but no growth. No development. Amen. And teaching is how we are developed. So anyway, uh, Ephesians 2, 19. That's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here. With as much right to the name Christian as anyone, God is building a home. He's using all of us irrespective of how we got here in what he is building. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Jesus Christ as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. Second, First uh, Peter uh, 2, it says, Welcome to the living stone, the source of life. 
The workman took one look and threw it out. God set it in the place of honor. Present yourselves as building stones for the construction of a sanctuary vibrant with life in which you'll serve, everybody say, we'll serve, we'll serve. as holy priests offering, God's, God, offering God-approved lives up to God. The uh, scriptures provide the precedent or the first, the pattern, the model, the example. Look, I'm setting a stone in Zion. Zion is the church. Anywhere you see Zion is always referring to the church, that aspect of God's people, uh, the kingdom people. A cornerstone in the place of honor. Whoever trusts in this, in this stone as a foundation will never have cause to regret it. Now that's an interesting statement. It says whoever trusts in this stone, talking about Jesus, as a foundation will never have cause to regret it. And Jesus is referred to as the chief cornerstone of a, of a house, a home that God is building, using our lives as living stones. We're the building stones that are built upon uh, uh, the foundation uh, of the apostles and the prophets. And of course, we have the, the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, all of that recorded as the Word of God, mm-hmm. the work of the apostles and the prophets. He's referring uh, to the 12 apostles, and he's also referring to all the prophets that had been there uh, before as recorded in the Word of God. Amen? The Word is a, found, is, is a, a foundation uh, for our lives as well. But Jesus is the, uh, the chief cornerstone. Amen? And He's the measurement for uh, our lives. Now, we have to trust in that stone. Amen? We trust in that stone. Jesus being solid, always the same. You can build your life after uh, the likeness of Jesus, following Jesus. Everybody say, following Jesus. Following Jesus. Amen. Uh, you'll, never be, you'll never regret that. Now, I've followed other people as they followed the Lord, but I always had to know the Lord for myself. I had to keep Him in sight. And as long as they were keeping him in sight, we were in line. I can follow. But when they got off, I stayed with Jesus. I said, the first church I started out on, they said I need to be born again. That's what the word said. Jesus said that. Except you be born again. Are you listening? They're in line. But when it came to being baptized in the Holy Ghost and speaking with other tongues, they got off. I stayed with Jesus. Hallelujah. When it, uh, all kind of places I followed men, but when they got off, I still stayed with Jesus. I've never regretted that. Amen. I've never regretted that. It's God calling. <laughs> he just wants to say, out of boy, stay with it. That's right. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Now, uh, isn't church wonderful? Amen. It is. Hallelujah. Now, um, uh, let, let me, uh, you know, I believe that Jesus used to read this scripture because it was his custom to go to church. Uh, we saw that in the first service. It, it's, what, it's how he's brought up. But in Psalms 122 in the Message Bible, it says, When they said, let's go to the house of God, my heart leaped for joy. When they said, let's go to the house of God, my heart leaped for joy. Now, I can't always say that my heart has always leapt for joy, you know, through, and, and I'll, I'll share this with you. I'm not bragging. I'm going to brag on God on this 34 years ago to this Sunday, the second Sunday of uh, February um, is when we got saved. Amen. Me and Pastor Sandy together. So we've been Christians. Thir- today's our spiritual birthday. We've been saved 34 years. Amen. You know, when you're talking about the building and, and all, uh, uh, this is a this is something that I use. We I build fence with it. We build buildings. Now it's basic. It's a measuring tool. It's called the level. And uh, uh, I'm gonna sit down so my boots don't clunk. <laughs> uh, about church and the cornerstone of building all that. I'm gonna. Is it okay if I level with you? <laughs> See, 
there's three ways you can do church or be about church, you know. One, you can be sad. You can be mad. Or you can always keep the bubble in the middle and choose to be glad. You can choose joy. Now, I've learned over the years because I've been sad about church. There's some churches I've been in. And some of the stuff that happens in church, it's just just sad. I've been in other places in church. And I'm going to tell you what now. You know, uh, it make you mad. Get offended. Well, you know, I've found, and I've run both ditches, but i found I try to keep the bubble in the middle. And when you get in the middle, see, you don't take much. It doesn't matter whatever comes, see, I can't be moved by that. You used to sing a song in the first church I started with. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Even though the deacon's running with the piano player. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Even though they said the Holy Ghost is the devil. No, I I learned to get in the middle and to not let anything much move me. Because I'm determined to stay glad. Jesus said, my heart leaped for joy. Now, how would that be? You know, the Bible says that joy... Well, before I say that, let me say this. You know what this does right here? And this would be laid on the cornerstone. Because the cornerstone is going to determine everything else. Every measurement. It's got to be level. That bubble's got to be in the middle. Perfectly level. So that, listen, so that whatever pressure is put on it, it remains stable. Same, true. Hmm? You know, you can take this thing, lay it up against a post, and the favorite saying with that is, she's true. That bubble says it's true. It's a true measurement. What would be the opposite of that? Crooked. The Bible says to the crooked, everything's crooked. So if the cornerstone... If 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 I'm got sad in the mix or glad or or mad in the mix, if I'm crooked, then everything's gonna be crooked. Yeah. Something will happen. You I knew it. Them stinking folks. I knew it. I knew it. It's just like it's always that. Are you listening? But see, folks ain't the measurement, are they? See, Jesus, Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. What, how do you feel about church? It said he's glad. Amen. Can you see that? Amen. Let me read some of the scriptures uh, for us here. You know, uh, you have to determine to keep your joy, keep the bubble in the middle, and realize that there's some th- there are going to be things in church because there are people in church. Amen. But that's who, that's who Jesus came for was the people in church. Amen. And not just the people in church, but especially the people outside of church. Amen. But we look for the glad, the things that make for glad. And in this scripture, he said joy. You know, joy, the Bible says that, there, that fullness of joy is in his presence. That there's a fullness of joy. So you never have to worry about when you bring your bucket, is there going to be enough? Are you listening? Whatever measure you bring, see, you know, uh, uh, come and when uh, church ought to be about the presence of God, about Jesus, amen, and the people that he loves. 
Well, he doesn't just love. He loves those that have believed, and he loves those that will believe. Amen. Amen. And he even loves those that won't believe. Are you hearing? But he's, but he is, but it's the, now listen, but it's the ones who have believed and the ones who will believe that are going to be in church and what Jesus is going to do is be in church with them. Amen. Church should be marked by his presence. And there's joy about being in the presence of God. Amen. Are you listening? I've been in churches where people don't, you know, they didn't want the presence of God. There wasn't a whole lot of joy there. Because it was about them and about other people and about the devil. Are you listening? But a place where it's about Jesus, there's joy. Where we make it about Jesus and we want other people to experience the, his, Him personally. Then uh, He shows up. And there's, full, and there's fullness of joy there. Amen. Hallelujah. The problem with folks though, is we leak, don't we? You're going to drink out of that five-gallon bucket all week long. And long about Wednesday, I don't know about you, I like water. I drink a lot of water. I stay hydrated. Too many dehydrated Christians. Amen. All shriveled up like an old prune. Need some water. We need to, re- we need to reconstitute you. Amen. And the other thing about his, about his presence is you can't separate His presence from His power. The reason why He shows up so He can love on us. And His love is wonderful. I mean, His love will make you whole. The Bible says that. It says His love makes us whole. Whether that's physically or emotionally, relationally, financially, vocationally, wholeness. Everyone say wholeness. I mean whole. Nothing missing, nothing broken, His love. Why does Jesus, why did Jesus say, I build my church? It's the place where love happens. It's the place where He loves on folks. Amen. He loves the, uh, the lovely and the unlovely. Let me, um, let's, I want to turn back to Isaiah and read a few scriptures here. These would have been scriptures that Jesus read. It would have been where he preached out of. Matter of fact, the Bible says his first sermon was out of Isaiah. So I know he likes this book. So let's look back here in Isaiah. It's one of Jesus' favorite books, I believe. Are you listening? Isaiah chapter 2. The next three readings are going to be out of Isaiah. There's nothing like the... um, just serving us up a heap and helping of the word of the living God. Amen. And trust the Holy Ghost to do the rest. <clears throat> Isaiah 2. The message Isaiah got regarding Judah and Jerusalem. There's a day coming when the mountain of God's house will be the mountain. Solid, towering over all mountains. And all nations will river toward it. People from all over set out for it. They'll say, come, let's climb God's mountain. Go to the house of the God of Jacob. Isn't it interesting that God put his house and refers to it as a mountain and that there's a climb involved and that it's higher. There's a higher standard for life than just wallowing in the world. Moving right along. He'll show it. Sometimes some of us say, you know, God, I don't understand how hard it, why it's so hard. Uh, I've been there and done that. I've been down there and, and said that even recently. But you know, there's, that God isn't so much that, that um, you know, uh, uh, there's a story about a fella pushing on a rock. And you just go out and push on it, push on it, push on it. You never could move the thing. But he got stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And he said, God, why'd you have me push on that rock? He says, look at you. Look at you. You were pitiful when I told you to push against that rock. Now look at you. But I couldn't move the rock. He goes, but I moved you into a whole different place. 
of obedience and strength and power and perseverance. And just do it because I said so. Look at you. Look at the rock that didn't move. Look at you. Hallelujah. Amen. See, God takes us in our pitiful condition. and He says, obey me. Do this. Climb. Start walking. Oh, God, it's hard. God, I can't get it. He goes, do some more. You, you, we'll get your lungs developed. You'll be strong. Amen. You get sick of being out of shape. You get tired of not being able. You get, you get to be where you're of a different spirit. God, I can't. You'll get to where you're of a different spirit. Where you'll go be able to possess the higher things. Where you'll say, give me the mountain. You give me the biggest ones. You let me have the best place. Hallelujah. And I mean, you'll have some, something on the inside of you. It's what church is supposed to do for you. Amen. It says, he'll show us the way he works. So we can live the way we're made. I love that statement. Oh God, show me your will and your way for my life. Amen. So I can live how you made me. I know what the world's tried to make me. I know what, you know, even Miss Sandy tries to make me. But I, how'd you make me God? Amen. Like I said, you know, this is on the podcast. So we won't talk about the tire episode. But every man that's a man that's been in this church for any Amount of time, you know, sometimes you have to go out in the yard and have a talk with a tire. Amen. Mark your territory. Amen. Even a little dog know how to do that. I'll leave the rest of your imagination. But sometimes you just go say, I am a man. God made me that way. And I'm making a statement. Hallelujah. Moving right along here. My boots clunking and everything. But... And it says, Zion, Zion's the source of the revelation. That's important. What he's saying, the church is the source of where we'll see how God works and we'll know how to live like we're made. Church will make you. You ought not let the church... Listen, let the devil use the church to break you. Let church make you. That's what it's here for. Amen. Now, let's go over uh, here into Isaiah. And I want to quote something, though, out of uh, Ezra before we go. Isaiah 56. Hold your place there a little further. You know, Ezra, in the book of Ezra, he recounts where uh, they laid the foundation the Bible says, of the temple of God, which was a rebuild of the temple of God, a starting over because the people had been exiled because of disobedience, and then God uh, uh, brought them back in the land. It said they laid the foundation with great joy. Amen. This is a year also where God said that this will be a year of great joy. Amen. Where's the source of that joy? In His presence. All right. And at the laying of the foundations for our lives, faith foundations in the house of God is where the presence of God is the strongest. Yes, you can experience God by yourself, but you'll experience more and better of God in the house of God, the place where He has set His name and will reveal His glory. And I no wonder the Bible says, don't. And it doesn't suggest that, it commands that. But we're not used to being commanded. It's His commandments we keep. I said it's His commandments we keep. We're blessed when we keep His commandments. He's a king who's worthy to be obeyed. And He says, don't forsake the coming together. Amen. All right. But it also said there was joy over the house and the foundation work. And it went on to say when they completed the work, that, uh, that with great joy they celebrated for God had plunged them into a sea of joy. I mean, it's not just a well, honey, that we can drink out. It's like there is, a, there is a, a dimension where God will plunge a people. 
Are you listening? That, that are interested, that are building the house, being those showing up to be the building material for the house, that there is a sea of joy that God will plunge your life into. I mean, everywhere you look, the great joy of His presence and His power, great joy in believing and receiving from Him. Are you listening? Now, I'm going to tell you what now. You know, uh, inside of you, out of your belly will flow rivers of, of living water. The Bible says that rivers, all right? But what if we all get together? When we're together, your river and my river, will they'll flow into the sea. Amen. And you bring your happy to, and add it to my happy. And, and church begins to be the happiest place filled with the happiest people. And how much happy... I've I got to read some scripture. God is real happy about that. Let's go to Isaiah uh, 56 uh, and read 6 through 8. It says, And as for the outsiders who now follow me... Now, I don't know if, you know, I tell you what, I get great joy in realizing I was an outsider. But now I follow him. I mean, I'm just happy that I'm on the road, honey. You understand what I'm saying? I know lots of stuff. Uh, the only way I can stay happy about church is once I was blind, but now I see. Once I was lost, but now I'm found. I was without God and with hope in, uh, without hope in the world, but now I'm not without Him. Him and I are together, together forever. And I don't care what the deacon does with the piano player. I don't care where the folks come or where the folks go. I don't care one. Are you listening? All I know is I have Jesus and Jesus has got me. And I'm happy that my sins are forgiven. I remind myself every day not to forget I am blessed and benefited by God. All my sins are forgiven. He healed all of my diseases. There ain't nothing the devil can... I mean, I'm walking around this place today and my kidney started started kicking on me. I mean, just, you know. And the first thought says, Whoa, you've been drinking too much tea, not enough water. Now you've got a kidney stone. I've had some kidney stones before, you know. And I mean, you know, I came over. I had a little thing of water. I drank some water. I said, I'll never have a kidney stone. I mean, that thing went boom. I mean, it shocked me. It surprised me. It happened so fast, my head starts from my thought. I mean, out of my mouth, I'll never have another. I mean, it just boom. Boom. Everybody say boom. boom. I'm telling you there's a healer in the house. There's healing in this place. All you got to do is reach out and grab a hold of it. I mean, it'll be so fast it'll make your head swim. Faith. Hallelujah. Hearing about a God that's good. About a God that's great. About a God that wants to do more than sea of joy. Put you in so far over your head, honey. You never come back to the surface like you ever were. Oh, fill you up. I mean, bury you in the bottom of that stuff. Well, you say, I don't, if this is bad, don't make me wake up to the good. You can have all that other stuff. You can have this world, but give me Jesus. When you give Jesus, a church is part of it. I've been in some bad ones. I've been in some good ones. But I am determined to be a better one. I am determined if I have anything to do about it. If I have anything to say about it. If I can pray. If I can seek God. I am going to be part of the better one. I'm going to be one that leads on his breast. and says, tell me what you I want your heart. I'm not going to settle for less when there's more. My God, my God, my God. As for the outsiders who now follow me, working for me, loving my name and wanting to be my servants, all who keep Sabbath and don't defile it, holding fast to my covenant, I'll bring them to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. What a promise! Amen. I was glad. I was happy. They said, let's go to God's house. Said, my heart leapt for joy because God's there. I'm going to, I'm bringing, I'm bringing all the God I know, but God's going to be there. 
And wherever God is, things go to getting set right, honey. I mean, He's not a little God. Two, two verses and go home. Stuff a dollar in a little envelope and go home. No, worship. And the Word and the works of Almighty God. Jesus put the whoop to it and said, you making it something it shouldn't be. But I'm here now and it's going to be what it's supposed to be. Hallelujah. Glory to God. They will be welcome to worship the same as the insiders. Oh, I'm telling you what. Now, Paul ain't got nothing on me. I respect him on him, but I'm telling you, you ain't going to help praise him. He saved me too. My sins are forgiven. I know what you say when you're talking about that. I know him for myself as well. Hallelujah. I know he chose you, but he also chose me. He wanted me when nobody else wanted me. He grabbed a hold of me when everybody else would let me go. He pulled me up to Himself. He told me I could be His friend. He shares His deepest heart secrets with me. Hallelujah! I'm just as welcome to worship with the insiders. I'm telling you, when we go through that gate, I'm going through shouting, I'm going through praising. I'll say, later on, Paul, we got plenty of time. See you later, Peter. We got plenty of time. Hold on just a minute now, John. I got to see the one that bought and paid for me. I got to see the Lamb of the living God. I want to sit worship at His feet. I've been waiting a long, long time. Glory be to God. They'll be welcome, the same as the insiders. I know you're his firstborn, but I'm in the number. I'm in the number. I'm in that number. I'm born of God. I'm the child. I thank God the Jews weren't just of the flesh, but of the heart. Amen. Oh, yes. They'll be welcome to bring burnt offerings and sacrifice to my Oh, yes. Oh, yes. My house of worship will be known as a house of prayer for all people. The decree of the master God himself who gathers in the exiles of Israel. I will gather others also. Gather them in with those already gathered. What a promise. I'm telling you, there's more for God going to fill this place up and fill it up and fill it up again. Yes, He is. Because when those on the outside find out they're just as welcome as those on the inside, here they come. Because folk want some joy. Folks want to be loved. Folks want to experience God. Folks want some good. Somebody ought to shout amen in this house. Isaiah 62. We're working real hard to get the... A stopping place. Can you take one more? 62. And verse. Number one. Through five. Regarding Zion. Or the church. I can't keep my mouth shut. Regarding Jerusalem. Are you listening? The place God chose to place His name and His presence. The headquarters of God is the church. Do you understand? Zion is the mountain on which Jerusalem is founded. Zion. Hallelujah. Mount Zion. It says, regarding Jerusalem, I can't hold my tongue until her righteousness blazes down like the sun and her salvation flames up like a torch. Foreign countries will see your righteousness and world leaders your glory. You'll get a brand new name straight from the mouth of God. You'll be a stunning crown in the palm of God's hand. A jewel gold cup held high in the hand of your God. No more will anyone call you rejected. Talking about the church. Talking about the church. And your country will no more be called ruined. You'll be called Hezebah, my delight, and your land Beulah, 
married. Because God delights in you. And your land will be like a wedding celebration. For as a young man marries his virgin bride, so your builder marries you. And as a bridegroom is happy with his bride, is your God happy with you? I'll tell you, church is a place where God is happy with us. And we ought to be happy with God. Amen. Let me read one more scripture for your homework. Will that be alright? Because this is where I'm at. It says, I've posted watchmen on your walls, Jerusalem. Day and night they keep at it, praying, calling out, reminding God to remember. They are to give Him no peace until He does what He says. What did He say? What I just read to you. It has to be prayed. I said it has to be believed and it has to be prayed for. And you've got to want it as bad as He wants it. You've got to lean on His heart till you got His heart and then you've got to pray that out in the earth. And don't let anybody, including you, make it anything less than what it's supposed to be. A delight to God. That we come and are happy because we know God's happy with us and happy, happy is going to get together. And then we're going to get one more happy. All the outsiders are going to come in and be happy. Run into the joy of His presence. And the power of His presence. Amen. Hallelujah. Where church is the place where love happens. Where love is happening right now. I'll tell you, we're going to jump on off into that. I said we're going to jump off into that sea of joy. Because there's a... There's a scripture that talks about the fullness of God just, and find out just how high is it? How wide is it? How deep is it? We're, all, we're right there. We're at the door, not at the day, but we're all fast approaching the day. Hallelujah. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. Glory be to God. I heard the Lord say this. He said, just... This He goes, let love happen. I said, all right. All right, we're going to do it. We're going to let you happen, Jesus. Amen. Now, here's a, here's a scenario for you. You get a phone call. Who is it? You know, it's them. What did they say? They're coming over. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Them? They're coming Don't they know we don't want them to come? (laughs) Now let's now now let's let's turn this around. God calls us like he did a little while ago. Amen. I'm coming. Well now, I hope you're not planning on anybody on 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 getting on nobody so that they, they do their dance. I hope you're not planning on, on, on upsetting folks when you come and they start speaking with those other tongues. Now, Lord, you can come, but now don't do this and, and don't do that and don't do the other. Would you feel welcome? Would you want to come? Would you delight in that? No. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't come. No, no. Amen. Matter of fact, no. if you're coming to my house and you're fussing and stewing, I'll call you and say, don't come. That's right. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So what kind of a reception should we give him? Glory. Hallelujah. Wow. Yes. Hallelujah. Well, Lord, you know, I mean, I've got other plans. Okay, well, we'll do this when we have time. Because I want to want to interrupt your plan. But what if we say, you know what, Lord? We're yours. You're coming. We have nothing better to do than pay attention to you. That's right. We got nothing better to do than to be here with you. I've made no other plans for the Sabbath day but then to be together with you. And all I want is whatever you... You know, have you ever said that? I've said that to Sandy. It's a dangerous thing sometimes. She'll go, 
She'll go, what do you want to do? I'll go, we'll do whatever you want to do. Oh, Lord, Jesus. Amen. <laughs> no, but seriously, what does that say? I just want to be with you. I love being with you. Whatever you want to do, that's what we're going to do. I wonder what would happen if Jesus got that kind of an invitation. I wonder what he would do if we were to receive, believe him and receive him. In that way. Glad you're here, Jesus. Glad you're here. Jesus said, Well, why don't you <clears throat> why don't you sing my favorite song? Not yours, sing my favorite song. You know that one where you tell me how much you love. You know that one that says, I surrender all. Jesus, I surrender all. I like that one. You know, I don't exactly know how to get us there. But I know that He does. And I know this more and more and more. I'm willing to simply follow Him and allow Him to get us in the place that He absolutely wants us to be, has wanted us to be for so long place where we'll just enjoy a liberty and a freedom where he is free to do and to be himself and there's no religiosity the Bible says he was in the house and he was teaching teaching the word and it says and the power of God was present to heal them you know the sad thing about the church meeting that day was everybody in the house it didn't give it didn't give an, it wasn't account of all the wonderful healings that took place in the house there was four men that were carrying a paralyzed man on a stretcher and they were on the outside and couldn't get on the inside because all the finest religious donkeys were parked out front and the house was full and nobody inside was receiving because nobody inside was believing but the power of God was present to heal them because he was there. And they tore the roof off and let the man down and interrupted the meeting. Now listen, Jesus did exactly with that man what he wanted to do with everybody else. The power of God was present to heal anybody that needed to be healed or wanted to be healed. But it took four guys to lay one fella, tear the roof off to get him down into the meeting. Because they wanted. Now that takes faith, doesn't it? It says, the Bible says, you know, imagine this. Here comes this guy (laughs) floating down through the living room. On a stretcher. You know, four ropes and the dude's floating down in there. You know, I'm sure Jesus is like, you know, hi, hi. What up? That <laughs> guy said, well, actually, I'm coming on down because. And Jesus said, uh, I know what you're here for. Your sins are forgiven. Awesome. Why would he say that? The man didn't need his sins forgiven. His body's paralyzed. And they got offended and they said, who in the world are you to forgive sins? He goes, which is easier? He goes, to deal with the fruit or to deal with the root? Because the root of this, he believes he's done something wrong so he deserves this. So I canceled the wrong so he could receive what's right. Somebody's here today and you think, you know, what's holding you 
back from God healing you, whether that's physically, emotionally, relationally, that you've done something wrong. And so God won't or God doesn't want to or God can't heal you. Listen to me. I'm going to tell you what now. I was born wrong. But I got born again by Him who made everything, including me, right. And what He makes right cancels out everything that's wrong. He takes away what's wrong in order for right to be able to come. He said, your sins are forgiven you. And while they're arguing religiously, He goes to show you that I'm telling you the truth. He goes, get up! Get up out of that wrong. Stand up right is right now. Get up out of that. And I mean, he, I mean, the power of God. Listen, it, it hit his heart and spilled out into his physical body. The life of God. You're forgiven. And you're free from the results of the wrong that you believe. Now believe right. You can get up. And he did. Somebody's here today. Now listen, you're paralyzed. You can't walk forward in life. That thing has paralyzed you. And you're, you're in an existence that you're someplace you don't want to be. And other people having to do for you things you don't want. You want to, you know you're made to. Or something more. Made to be whole. If that's you, I want you to stand up right now. You've been, you've been paralyzing it. Stand up. Stand up right now. Stand up. Here's your chance. Now the power of God is present right now to heal you. I'll tell you what now. Some of the greatest maladies and malfunctions in our life are not external. They're internal. Some of the greatest damages to people's lives will never be seen with the naked eye. All you see is the fruit, but it's the root that Jesus comes for. And today, I'm going to tell you what now. Listen, you can be free. God set you free. Because we're going to cancel that thing once in a while. What did Jesus say? Forgiveness canceled that. He goes, it's canceled. The cause is canceled. And the effect is canceled. Now you're free. You're free to do what you couldn't do. What the devil told you you'll never be able to do. You're free now. Can you see that? Amen. Well, look at you. Look, look at yourself. You saw yourself in the Word of God. Amen. And you stood... You, listen, the power of God... The power of God hit your life, hit your heart, and and you did what you couldn't do before. You stood up, and you were free to stand up. And you know what? You can be free to walk across the floor. Walk right out the door of that prison house. Walk right on out of that city. He said, just take up your bed, carry it with you. All the feeling you needed to have was, was to break the paralysis in your life. And all the faith you needed was to just stand up. Because God's done a miracle for you right now. Amen. Fathers physically in their physical bodies. Emotionally in their, in their uh, soul realm. Relationally. Whatever had them paralyzed, I declare right now, Father... The, the wrong is taken away. And Lord, now they're filled with the right. Their lives will reflect and filled with the right that you have for them. In Jesus' name. Now some of you, the devil's told you, see, what keeps us paralyzed? Fear that we can't do it. But you know God can. And when God says, get up, I'll tell you what, it doesn't matter how long the devil said, stay down. There's enough power in get up. Amen. Get up and get going. That's what he said. Get up, son. Get going. 
Get on with it. Live your life. Live free. Live forgiven. Live free. Hallelujah. Nothing like knowing the truth. Nothing like having freedom in our life. Amen. To get up and go on with God. Just believe it's everything is going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. Now see, now I'm going to tell you what. Now here's what, you, here's what we do. Here's how we do this. See, Here's how we walk on. Amen. The devil say, well now. They say, ain't no well now about it now. See, I'm going on. And you ain't coming with me. Well, what about? That ain't coming with me. This little bed's just a token reminder. Can I do something wild and crazy? What if he was sitting in the chair? Take your chair with you. Go on, take your chair with you. He walking out. The devil says, you didn't get nothing. I'll tell you, I got something. You understand? I'll show you the proof of it, you son of a... Sitting down so-and-so. That's the only reason you bring your bed with you. If the devil tries to talk you out of it before you get three feet in the yard, throw that bed up on top of his dumb head. Whoop him up real good with it. Amen? Take your crutch and beat the heck out of him. Take your checkbook. Beat the crap out of him with the offering. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Amen. I mean, sometimes you got to get a little violent about stuff. Tell me I didn't get nothing. I got the proof of it right here and I'll hop you upside the head with it. (laughs) Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.